Hey there, nerds. Before we get into Nerds on History, I just wanted to let you know about a special gift we have for all of our fans. If you go to the Nerds on Film feed, you'll notice there's a new episode today. A Nerdonomy Christmas Carol. We decided to read Charles Dickens' abridged version of A Christmas Carol, and much to Brian's dismay, we've all added our own little twists and tangents into the story. So please get over there and give it a listen. We did it just for you, and it took a lot of time, I mean a lot of time, to put together. So, you're welcome, and Merry Christmas. So, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about Christmas this episode, and I found it really interesting the take in North Korea. North North Korea. I know. It seems odd, but they celebrate Christmas, although okay. it's it's more of a deterrent against America than it is actually a celebration. Shocking. Yeah, Santa uh is really interesting. He he's known as what, what does that mean? Which roughly translated means uh, diabetic heart disease capitalist man. Oh, God. And he's, he's more of, a, of an evil demonic figure. He, you know, children and families barricade themselves in their homes on Christmas Eve for fear of... Uh, who they fear will come into their home and steal all their children's favorite toys. Uh, as, a, as a deterrent to this... Uh, they actually import enormous amounts of reindeer uh, through China via Siberia and, and Russian connections, of course. And, uh, and then they, they, they kill them out in front of homes and apartment complexes as a way of deterring. You huh. Know. You think they were just lying the streets? <laughs> you think they were just lying the streets with vegetables or something? I mean, that's how I ward off diabetes. Huh. Anybody have Kim Jong-un's uh, email? Why do you sound like a woman when you speak Korean? <laughs> I don't hear that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Welcome to Nerds. On history, I am Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley, and I'm feeling worse. I mean, Eric Brickmont. <laughs> if you could only see, sometimes I wish we were a video podcast because I, the expression no. on your face was so <laughs> deadpan, priceless <laughs> during the cold open. <laughs> uh, there's days like today, though, when I'm really glad we actually are not a video podcast because I feel. I feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, if you could actually see Eric right now, he has a wad of tissue shoved up his nostril. <laughs> and a, and a and traditional he's... Street Fighter head, Ryu headband tied around his head. Yeah, because... Not because of Asian theme for the episode. <laughs> but it relieves sinus pressure. <laughs> That's exactly... And it's totally working. It feels s- ten times better than without it. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you have that. Just hang in there. We've got... I can't even see my notes. My eyes are so badly watered oh, right now. Well, we, we yeah. have a sh- we have a relatively short podcast, so let's go ahead and try and knock this out. Indeed, we thought we'd wrap up the month of December by sharing by continuing from last week and our right. last episode and sharing how we celebrate Christmas in Asia. Two weeks ago, we covered Christmas traditions throughout Africa. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Let's hop to it, shall we? All right. Who wants to start it off? I think I'll kick it off. Actually, so. Uh, one of the largest countries in uh, Asia, certainly one of the most populous, is China. 
And you don't think of China as being a home of Christmas because, well, let's face it, less than 1% of the population are actually Christians in China. There's very few of them, of the, the many, many people who live in this, in this enormous country. Um, but nonetheless, uh, a lot of department stores, a lot of shopping malls, a lot of uh, big cities like Shanghai, Beijing, uh, they all have taken on Christmas and kind of absorbed it and, and made it part of their own. And uh, there's a lot of Christmas tree sales that go on, even though perhaps not all to Christians themselves. Uh, but what I find most ironic is the fact that most of the world's plastic Christmas trees and ornaments are made in China. Well, of course, but that's because pretty much everything is made in China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in but, the words of Ron Williams, we're going to boycott everything from China. Oh, f they make everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's one. That's one. That's one. That's one belief, I know. That's one. And it wasn't even Sarah this time. I don't even think Sarah swore in the last episode. Who are you? Um, I've been practicing, and wow. my eye won't stop twitching. I don't know what happened, <laughs> She's but... been talking into a mirror, and every time she swears, she slaps herself. That's pretty funny. That's really intense. I, I'm actually glad that that's not my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a lot of Christian households in China, the, the Christmas tree is after actually decorated more often with uh, a lot of... Um, like paper crafts, like home home crafts that are done. So paper chains, paper lanterns, uh, paper stars, paper flowers, which the I things think you is would make in kindergarten, in first grade. Well, actually, the paper craft in, in China is is very sophisticated. You know, you you think of um, like traditional paper folding uh, that goes back, you know, centuries, thousands of years actually. And there's there's a great deal tr of pride and and uh, tradition behind a lot of that. And I think it's I think it's kind of neat. I think it kind of you know screams in the face of buying these little plastic baubles and ornaments that are being mass produced in China, and instead kind of having their own tradition. Which All I think right, is that's cool. I was so, just trying to make an American connection, but cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. So oh, instead sorry. of going and buying this season's Hallmark Wizard of Oz ornament, just make your own out of paper. That would be pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. I yeah. Would say. Exactly. Uh, another interesting tradition in China is the giving of apples. Really? I find this particularly interesting because uh, the Chinese uh, word for or uh, words for Christmas Eve is Ping and Yi, uh, which means silent night or quiet night, uh, whereas the word for apple is Ping Gao. So maybe because they have uh, kind of a similar beginning, they both kind of begin with Ping, maybe that's where the connection comes from. Nobody really seems to know for sure. Um, but the giving of apples has um, become a very uh, popular tradition, and uh, a lot of apples are sold on Christmas Eve in stores uh, wrapped up in uh, kind of like a Christmas-themed paper. That's interesting because, you know, some traditions focus more on pears. Other traditions focus on oranges. Yeah. Um, um, dried apples were used as ornaments early on mm -hmm. as well, so mm -hmm. that might be where the tradition comes from. The bulbs that we see on Christmas trees today derive from the symbolism of, of hanging apples on your tree. Mm -hmm. But that is a very European tradition. I, I'm not quite True. sure how it made its way over into China, if that's the case. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it was that. I Maybe mean, it's both. What's the apple harvest looking like in China around this time? Well, it would be right around the end of the traditional harvest season, so that would yeah. make sense that there would be a, a lot of apples, a surplus of apples around. Mm -hmm. Sure. But uh, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting uh, thinking of, of Christmas in China. You don't really think of that, but uh, yeah. to see how it own, take on its own little... Uh, special flair. I think that's. I think that's neat. Definitely. Well, then let's um, jump around a little bit. How about we talk about the Philippines? Okay. Well, yeah. If you're going to talk about the most obscure Chinese 
Christian traditions, then we have to talk about the most obscure, you know, the most prominent of all Christmas traditions in the Philippines. Then, and does this country know how to celebrate Christmas? Oh my God! So first of all, <laughs> our longtime listener Cam just brightened up. Yeah, her ears bit. just perked up. Is that what? 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 The Philippines? So, first of all, um, how did the Philippines become? 80% Catholic. Let's uh, yeah. dial it back to the 16th century. Yeah. I uh, wonder how that King, happened. Yeah, exactly. When King Philip II uh, decided he wanted to have some extra land. So, you know, as of course, as the world was expanding and exploring the, the whole globe, right? Well, even before that with Magellan. Uh, Indeed. He was sailing under the, of course, that. yeah, he was sailing, exploring under the flag of Spain. And then Philip was like, oh, yeah, I want that. Let's take that. So... Hence the name, the Philippines, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and of course, Tagalog, as it is today, is heavily influenced from the native languages of the Philippines and Spanish. So uh, that's where you have this predominantly Catholic country who decides to, they start their Christmas celebrations on the 16th of December. And they start selling Christmas cards and shops. You think it's bad in the United States? They start selling them in September. Oh my God. Yeah. Think about that, folks. It, that's like finding Christmas stuff on Labor Day. Well, th- this is the uh, biggest holiday in the Philippines. It's I mean, huge. Hands it's down, huge. It's it totally different perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is and this is again, this is a country that emphasizes far more the religious mm-hmm. meaning of Christmas, right? Yeah. It, even though it's being, it's almost like this weird combination. It's got the commercialism and it's got the religion hand in hand. Yeah, it's kind of crazy intense. Um, well, and, and and I'll say, I mean, San Jose where we are right now has a really significant Filipino American population. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. And they take their faith very seriously. Oh yeah. You know, as as a generalization, I apologize, but um but I've I've seen some some serious dedication to 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 the Catholic faith in that in that culture and it's very admirable. Well, in those those days leading up to Christmas, it's not uncommon for Filipinos to go to a variety of early masses that are mm-hmm. held at church. Uh, Misa de Gallo is is the name of it in in the Philippines, and that's these masses that all lead up bet- to the big mass, which is held on Christmas Day. And they are they are there are nine pre dawn masses. That's what I'm talking about. Nine, nine, nine days of waking up before the crack of dawn to go to church. The last mass is on Christmas Day, of course, and then of course the Christmas celebrations continue until the first Sunday in January, when the Epiphany. As we've talked about before, the Feast of the Three Kings uh, is continued. So, all the way through the 12 days of Christmas, starting with January 16th. That's all. That's some huge amount of celebrating going on. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is some dedication. I. What also, you know, symbolizes that midpoint between the two real only seasons that the Philippines have, and that is extremely wet and extremely dry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then in between that, you have the December and January months. And so it's kind of this interesting in-between period. So it makes sense. It's kind of sort of mild right now. Yeah, exactly. It's this, it's this really interesting kind of focal point, Mm -hmm. which makes sense and perfect, perfect uh, timing for this kind of uh, holiday. Well, and it, and we go on with this too. So yes, you have the European influences uh, of Christianity uh, on the Christmas traditions in that country, right? So you've got Santa Claus, you've got the Christmas trees, Christmas cards. And you know what Santa Claus is called in the Philippines? Do tell. Santa Claus. Sorry, I just thought that was funny. Every every <laughs> the last episode we did, everything everyone had a different name for it. But it's in the Philippines, Santa Claus is called Santa Claus, like Curse Vader. Curse but with Vader. a K. <laughs> it's true, oh, with a K. It's in the Klaus. Okay. With a Klaus, yes. No, it's uh, still Santa Claus, but with a K. Not Klaus? No. 
Okay, Klaus. fine. Fair enough. I'm um, surprised that we don't pronounce it Klaus. Uh, well, it's because we're American. Yeah. We, do, we do things our own way. So, uh, but they do have a couple of unique traditions on their own as well. Um, it, it's worth noting that they also have what's called the parole, which is a bamboo pole or frame with a lighted star pattern on it. This is, of course, I think to represent the Christmas star mm-hmm. that you that you saw in the heavens uh, following the nativity story. And when we're talking about these nine days of masses, we're also talking about that you now they people pretty much stay awake all day on Christmas Eve. Oh, it's like all, a 24-hour marathon. It's, a, hu- it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know those 24-hour like marathons you go to at Disneyland? Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah. Except probably the rides are better. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't been. I just I haven't been. I don't know. Uh, of course, also Noche, uh, Noche Buena, which is right. um, also very common in Mexico as well, and, and many Central and South American countries. This idea of an open house for all of your friends, family members, and neighbor, neighbors to come, and they would all bring dishes. It's kind of like a big potluck. Uh, everyone gets together with friends and family. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I, we've done it actually in my, with my wife's family before, mm. uh, because, again, it's a, a tradition that is <clears throat> similar because of the Spanish influence of both of those countries. But uh, there's a lot of great food that's had, including um, roasted pig, ham, fruit salads, rice cakes, uh, lots of sweets, uh, steamed rice, all sorts of different kinds of drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Just a a good time to get together. They better have lumpia. I'm just saying. Lumpia, adobo. Or as I call it, oompa lumpia. I had turon for the first time, which is basically it's it's a dessert lumpia. It's mm. got plantains in it. So oh, my God. oh at, the, at the at the holiday potluck. Yes, yeah, oh, so that good. Awesome. Oh yeah. my God, you can thank Shella for that. Shella, if you're listening, thank you. That was so so good. Oh, that made me happy. Um, and you know what else makes me happy? In the Philippines, there are eight different ways that you can say Merry Christmas because in the Philippines there are eight languages. Oh, eight. okay. So um, we'll start with the most common one, which is um, Tagalog, right? The one we know of the most in the United States. And it is Maligayang Pasco. That's how you say Happy or Merry Christmas. Uh, in Nyongo, it is uh, Malipayon Nya Pascua. And then in... Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how Brian did not practice this ahead of time either. <laughs> I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Please go. I'm sure Cam will not correct us in any way, (laughs) shape, or form. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get verbally beaten uh, for doing this wrong. Uh, In Sugbuhanan, or uh, or Cebuano, it is uh, Mayong Pasco. And then in uh, Bicolano, it is Mangang Pasco. He's going for all of them. Going for all of them. Uh, In... Pangalatok, or mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? You couldn't just take it all these and punched them into Google and just pulled an Eric. I'm just trying to pronounce hey, how the language. What are you trying pronounced. to say? This isn't even this isn't even the the greeting. It's just what they call the language. I'm having a hard time pronouncing. I apologize. Hey, I when really I do. when I'm saying, <laughs> that's me actually saying. <laughs> yes. It took so. you nine hours to learn how to say that. <laughs> And that's not even talking about the voice modulation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> keep, keep going, Brian. I think you've still got one or two more. <laughs> I do. So in <laughs> Pangalatok, uh, it'll be uh, My Big Yap Pasco. I or, saw that. That was running in addition to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That or 
or also Mangayagan in Kianak. So I think we have our episode title. Um, in, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in, hmm. <laughs> now you know how I deal with nerves, folks. I hum. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this is going to become a new Christmas tradition here on Nerds on, on History. I'm trying folks. to make Brian pronounce things <laughs> Cam, on the fly. Cam and Shella, any of our Filipino listeners... I am so sorry. <laughs> Just go ahead and send in like voice clips if you can of how these things are actually pronounced. Teach me, please. That would be fantastic. Or, or even better yet, uh, record yourself on YouTube listening to Brian try to pronounce them. <laughs> yes, and then a reaction them, video. Yeah, a reaction video, but with the correct pronunciations along yeah. the way. You watch. Someone out there is going to take this and try to make it into like some sort of dance track or something. It's right. going to be me trying to repeat this. Hmm. Hmm. Ha. Hmm. Ha. Hmm. Auto tune it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <Fantastic>. young Pasco. <laughs> All right, back to the Philippines, or are we done? No, we're done with the Philippines at this point. I think I've butchered okay. the culture enough for for one episode. So right. let's move on. All right. Well, let's talk about Japan. Oh, Kurisimasu. Yes. Yes. So very interesting about Japan. Um, again, like China, very very small Christian population there. Correct. Um, so it is kind of more of a secular holiday at this point. Indeed, but not entirely removed from Christian influence because mm-hmm. the Jesuits made their way over to Japan in the early, uh, I think early 17th or early 16th century. I can't remember which one it was, um, and therefore introduced Christianity to Japan to begin with. It was in the uh, it was in the 1500s when there was um, an influence, but then um, there was a pretty big like eradication of Christianity. Um, and then when um, Japan kind of stopped being a feudal civilization and became more of the modern civilization that it is now and opened up to other countries is when Christianity kind of came back in. Yeah. And right. we really see it in the 20th century. Yeah. In the post-World War II post- Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at this point, it is it is kind of seen as a, a more secular type holiday, um, less focus on the birth of Jesus, but more kind of on the gift-giving um, aspect of it. Um Specifically, Christmas Eve is kind of actually more like Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's seen as a traditional holiday for couples um, to, to celebrate with each other and give gifts to each other, like teddy bears, flowers, rings, that kind of like tokens of appreciation. Go out and have dinner, a nice yeah. candlelit dinner, walk through the park, walk through the Christmas yeah. you know, lights yeah. and all of that. And, um, and then also what's really kind of popular, they do have Santa Claus in Japan, but they call him Santa-san. And as in, as in Mr. Santa, which is pretty cool. Um, And uh, they also do celebrate Christmas dinner. However, it's a little bit different. The traditional food there is fried chicken from KFC. But we have to understand this for a second. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Slow clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Japan. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's I love just, that. there had to be something, right? So it's very interesting. So, like, I know Brian's point is that KFC I don't know about you, but nice. I don't know about you, but I like my Christmas extra crispy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like mine with a side of coleslaw. So, so that's our episode title. I like yeah. my Christmas extra crispy. Okay. Biscuits, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay, no, but seriously, let's, let's dial it back for a second. So KFC 
in the 70s had a huge marketing thing. So, yeah. okay, I watch way too much Food Network for my own good. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- most of my friends will know this, but I don't know if our listeners do. Oh, our listeners do. do, Brian. We've we've only brought it up 14 or 15,000 times. Yeah. The Colonel of Sanders uh, had his <laughs> had spent years perfecting his fried chicken recipe and was actually selling it to local restaurants within the South. But in the 70s when they finally branched off into becoming their own restaurant chain, there was a huge marketing campaign that took place on a global scale. So uh, particularly in the United States, it was to swayed mothers away from home cooking, right? Why make all this effort to cook home meal when you can get a home cooked meal pretty much the full, all the fixings you need in a bucket. As they started expanding into other countries, uh, it turns out wasn't so much of an alluring concept, so they had to change things up a little bit. So you'll notice that most of American fast food in foreign countries is a lot more upscale. It's the same thing if you go to a McDonald's. Best Burger King I've ever had. Mexico City. Yeah. I I I was not eating at a Burger King, but I was. Yeah. It was right. weird. So, the, like, I'm not kidding. Like, the, you go to KFC in Japan, it's very ornate. You have table service. Um, it's a very upscale experience. And because of that, in Japan, like, people just go crazy for KFC. Not only that, but for Christmas time, in order to... Go to KFC. You have to book your reservations month months in advance. I, Wait, let's I, let's slow down. Slow down. <laughs> KFC in Japan takes reservations. Wait, what? Yes. I I I <laughs> can't even. There you go. I can't. You know what we're getting, even. Brian, for yeah. Christmas? Even. Even. Just so he can for yeah. once. Yeah. Okay. I don't always even, but when I do. I literally, I literally can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another really cool thing. Uh, so actually, just to kind of also bring it into perspective of how it is in Japan, um, they do have Christmas cakes. They're actually more of kind of like a strawberry shortcake type thing. It's exactly. like yeah. it's kind of like it's a, a sponge cake, like yeah. a spun- white sponge cake with white frosting and strawberries on it. Um, sometimes a d- like a decoration of Santa on it. They're called Christmas cakes. Um, also. December 25th is not actually like a national holiday, uh, but a lot of people do get the time off to, to celebrate. And there's a lot of just uh, kind of media hype and stuff like that. But it's not like the same kind of sanctity that we have in other places where it is seen as deeply religious or deeply a time for family. This is more of just kind of a fun festival sure. time. And they've also tied, um, there's a, a Japanese Buddhist deity, Buddhist god that they have uh, called... Hotai Osho, mm-hmm. uh, who is the, the gift-giving spirit. That's a, a very uniquely Japanese gift-giving spirit that children can use for asking for gifts, right? Very similar to Santa Claus, just in a different, more natively Japanese tone to it. Which I also found was very interesting. Yeah, um, and I think also with the concept of gift-giving, a lot of times they're not necessarily just giving gifts for everybody, but they'll specifically give gifts to people who have done them a favor earlier in the year. Um, at a certain price point that kind of matches the favor that was given to them and always with the receipt so people can go return it. Um, (laughs) And kind of the idea of like reciprocity um, being very important to Japanese culture. Definitely. Also, I think it's important to talk about Oshogatsu Mm -hmm. as well, which is their New Year's tradition. Yeah. We talked about New Year's traditions last year, but it's worth mentioning because the Oshogatsu traditions are more, they more closely mimic what we, the American uh, traditions that we associate with Christmas, with like family and having a meal together and those kind of practices that we're used to seeing 
stateside. Now, I talked a little bit about China on the mainland, but let's talk a little bit about Hong Kong. Because just up until, you know, 1997, Hong Kong uh, was very much heavily influenced, and it still continues to be in many ways, by the, by the British, uh, who occupied Hong Kong for quite a long time. And as a result, the Anglican Church in, in Hong Kong performs services uh, regularly on Christmas in, in English services. And the idea of the Christmas card is doubly important. Uh, it's something that everybody kind of participates in and bring it right back to the Chinese paper crafts. You see a lot of that being the primary focus around the, the Christmas card. A lot of that has to do with uh, making your own and making them unique and making them kind of uh, elaborate and special. Uh, the Ponsodia... Uh, flower nativity scenes, so common symbols of, of Christmas, oftentimes decorate uh, many homes and churches and what have you. Uh, and good old Santa Claus is known as Singdan Luyan, uh, or Christmas Old Man, or Old Man Christmas, Father Christmas, essentially, from the, from the British version, uh, in Cantonese, or Shingdan uh, Loren in Mandarin. And what I find interesting is that Hong Kong, being this huge center of commerce and commercialism, uh, still to this day, takes advantage of Christmas and celebrates it for an entire month. So you have what's called Winterfest, and it's oh, very... Can I go to Hong Kong, please? This, I'm already loving this. Yeah, it's very, you know, secular kind of all-inclusive, everybody gets to, to participate kind of thing. And it usually begins sometime in around uh, late November and through January. And it's marked by the shopping malls being completely done up and lots of special sales and deals that go on in the marketplaces. Uh, they have a big ice skating rink. They've got all sorts of Christmas tree decorations all over the place with music and, and dancing and lights and Christmas lights all over. Uh, the whole city itself gets all kind of decked out with huge uh, lit up, you know, decorations and signs. And it all, of course, culminates in uh, the end of Winterfest, which is celebrated on New Year's with, if any of you have, of course, you know, watched, um, you know, Dick Clark's New Year's Eve or whatever they call it now. It's still called that. Is it still called that? But it they've got like it. Justin Timberlake ruining it or something like that. Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Justin oh, Timberlake. <laughs> I don't know. I think if Justin Timberlake was doing it, if it'd be was the like host, five it'd be times pretty, better. It would be pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, honestly, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, one of them could take over hosting. That'd be fun. Well, so, I mean, ideally, it'd probably be Jimmy Fallon since he and mm -hmm. Timberlake are so such good friends. My point being... <laughs> But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you could digress a little quicker, please. Uh, that You always see these huge fireworks shows from everywhere around the world, right? They always count down leading up to our big one in New York City or whatever, right? But uh, Hong Kong has one of the most spectacular firework displays in the world. And it's all directly tied into this concept and idea of Winterfest. So I think it would actually be kind of a fun time to visit Hong Kong during those, uh, during those weeks. I want to take a month and go to Hong Kong. This sounds fantastic. Hong Kong is already a totally interesting and crazy place. Um, so to, to do that while they're celebrating this great big Christmas celebration would be, um, would be a pretty neat trip. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. So listeners, if you want to fly us out to Hong Kong, uh, just donate to the Hong Kong Donation Fund. Um, Not to be confused with the Hot Pocket Fund. Correct. Or you can just email Brian at brianderonomy.com. I'll give you my personal PayPal info. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, since we've talked about the most populous country in the world, let's talk about the second most populous country in Asia and also the world. India. India. Yes, indeed. 
So over uh, one billion people, ladies and gentlemen. Over one billion, the one second country, country to reach over one billion, but only twenty-five million are Catholic, or sorry, are Christian. Uh, but a good portion of those are Catholic, or Roman Catholic, yeah. Particularly in Mumbai, previously Bombay. Yes, and so a, a big deal, as it is with most Catholic traditions, is midnight mass. That is the the climax of the Advent season, essentially, right? And it's a big deal in Catholic. Uh, traditions you can even go and they now live broadcast from the Vatican. You can hear the Pope say Christmas Mass. Oh, I thought you were going to say of the birth of Jesus. I mean, how, how the heck did they pull that off? Time machines, Eric. Time machines. <laughs> That's awesome. Somebody's got a hold of my TARDIS. Someone strapped a GoPro to a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, that just made me feel a little better. Thank you. I appreciate that. As, of course, we know, India was a British colony for several centuries while, yeah. yeah exactly so um, a lot of its traditions with christmas um are derived from both its catholic connections and from the english uh influence that was in that country so and now brian is going to tell us how they say merry christmas in all 80 dialects <laughs> spoken in him no i will say there are quite a different <laughs> few names for <laughs> i will for your comic pleasure i will do so later but here we go um, i do want to say a couple things that are different so they don't have christmas trees uh, at least not in the sense that we see them as they fir trees. Right, yeah. They decorate banana or mango trees. Which is awesome. Which I find very, very cool. Uh, and in the south of India, uh, they also have these small s- small, uh, small oil-burning clay lamps um, on the flat roofs of their homes to show their neighbors that Jesus is the light of the world. Oh. Pretty cool. Yeah. How many houses burned down in India in, in December? Like I don't know. Um, I don't know how many houses burn down of, everywhere where there's candles. Yeah, I that's mean. kind of weird that you brought that up. But anyway, well, um, I am sick. And also, <laughs> as is true, the other thing too is thing to know with a lot of these Catholic influence uh, practices is there's not a lot of focus on the Christmas tree, right? That yeah. was a Protestant thing, right? So there's a lot more focus on nativity scenes. There's a lot of mangers that are uh, put in the front windows of people's houses to signify the birth of Christ, right? That's what they're there to really celebrate. Nevertheless, though, there is still uh, a good portion of devotion to uh, Father Christmas or Santa Claus, right? Uh, but he's got a couple different names, as it turns out. And thankfully, they're all easy to pronounce. So, Thank uh, God. Uh, my favorite is Christmas Baba. Uh, oh, Baba meaning father. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Christmas Baba in Hindi. Uh, Baba Christmas in Urdu, uh, which is essentially, like you said, Father Christmas. Uh, Christmas uh, Thamatha. Or ta- hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Christmas Tatya uh, in Tamil, and then uh, Christmas Thatha in Tulugu. So, uh, Natal Bois in Marathi. So, there you have it. All variations of Father Christmas in one way or another. Also, in the southwestern uh, part of India, there's about 22% of the state's 33 million population are christians um and so in in that part it's a very important festival to them um but it's also interesting is that traditional catholics don't fast or fast um from the first to the 24th of december Mm. uh, which is until midnight service yeah now this is not fasting in the traditional sense where you go without eating for an entire day that would just you would literally you would die but you don't eat during the day basically you go to probably one meal a day one simple meal per day right yeah, intermittent an intermittent sort of fasting that goes on. 
Um, and that's, again, that's not in, too far out of line from very monastic kind of traditions of, of worship. So it may make sense. You're trying to pull your focus more toward toward divinity, right? Less on the, the world around you. So fasting helps you keep that focus. So Or helps you become delirious enough to... Feel well, there's the that too, divinity. but you know, I wasn't going to say that. So, <laughs> thanks for deflating what I was going to say. Um, I'm kidding. So, what do giant chocolate Christmas trees, life size, mind you, and cookies have to do with Southeast Asia? Mm, I have what? a feeling you're going to tell us. I'm just blown away. There's life size. I'm just blown away. There's life size cookies, <laughs> life size chocolate Christmas trees. That sounds amazing. That would be uh, Indonesia. Okay. Where only about 10% of the population are Christians, uh, which is roughly about 20 million people. But nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of really interesting you know, Christmas traditions that go on at the time. And what I, what I found very interesting is that chocolate's kind of a big thing. And um, in 2011, uh, a professional chocolatier company put together all these giant Christmas trees made out of edible chocolate. They made a chocolate forest? Essentially, yeah. And put them in a bunch of different shopping malls all around Indonesia. I know a few people who would be extremely excited about that. What's the diabetes rate in this country? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know, but the uh, cookies on Christmas are also a big thing. And it's kind of a big thing for me, too, in my house. We always do sugar cookies, and the mm-hmm. kids help me decorate and what have you. My mom and I every year have a have a baking day where we just make a butt ton of cookies. Yeah, and they do the same thing. They you make butter. You can bring my house when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> they make uh, butter cookies, but they fill them with pineapple jam, uh, which sounds really good. Uh, and then they also make like these little mini cheesecake cookies. Uh, and they're covered oh, with powdered sugar and cheese. I want uh, yeah. Oh, I want that. And it's very, very common among Christians in, in the Philip or in, sorry, in Indonesia to go ahead and make these uh, these little Christmas cookie traditions and make them in their home. Wow. I want cookies. Yeah, cookies are good. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just you just stolen the whole podcast. Thank you, sir. That, that's probably the funniest thing you said. This whole <laughs> the funniest thing you've ever said ever. <laughs> you can't top that, Eric. And then I'm leaving. Goodbye. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> well, Eric, let's let's bring it and Sarah. Let's bring it home to a country that you wouldn't normally expect to talk about when you talk about Christmas, but yet nevertheless we did in our cold open, right? Inner Mongolia. What? <laughs> no, sorry, Korea. <laughs> it's interesting though. Inner Christmas Mongolia. is celebrated on Inner Mongolia, but not in Outer Mongolia. What? That's a lie. <laughs> I was about to say what? Hey, I'm 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 losing steam here. Yes. I'm pretty sure Eric has but completely the, digressed the, into delirium. With at this the point. lesser known birth of Jesus Khan. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, it was Christ's second cousin, once removed. Um, I'm pretty sure it was removed more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Korea. Yes. In particular, South Korea. Despite our cold open, um, yeah, there's no known Christmas traditions being celebrated in North Korea. We don't really know. There might be. That we could find readily on the internet. Probably not, considering that the supreme leader of Korea is viewed as their god. Right. So, so there's probably two North Koreans who celebrate it in a basement in July. 
Well, I don't know. It could it could it be like could there be like a Kim Moss or something like that? Like where they celebrate Yeah, it's his just his birth? birthday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just the president's birthday. And while seventy percent of people in South Korea are in fact Buddhist, about twenty five, thirty or so uh, are Christian. And that's actually a pretty high number of, of Christians in a, in, in a country in, in this part of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, that, that number skyrocketed shortly after the, the you know, ceasefire that uh, didn't end the Korean War. That's still going on, technically. Um, but uh, did put a, a halt to hostilities between South and North, at least wide-scale hostilities. Um, a lot of uh, American service individuals are still in South Korea. They have families and they have... As a result, a lot of their religion uh, that they brought along with them, and you know, in addition to many other faiths, Christianity, however, how uh, tended to be a bit larger. And in South Korea, it is practiced uh, very much like you know America is here in the United States. It's very similar to to uh, excuse me, Christmas here in the United States. So it's very commercialized. There's a lot of bright lights and shopping malls and lots of gift giving and all of those things. Uh, and so it's really not all that uh, different. Um, Santa Claus doesn't just wear red, however. He is also uh, known to wear blue in South Korea. Uh, not surprising, considering the South Korean flag is also red and blue and has those uh, those color influences. So Interesting. Kind of neat. Yeah, they already have red with this figure, so why not also have blue that also represents South Korean uh, you know, nationality, uh, which is you know, pretty important, especially when you're in a cultural ongoing battle with uh, half of your country which is you know not too far away from you, you, know, you you've got a an ongoing war <clears throat> just nearby a war of not just um you know violence but also of of a political war that's been going on for a very long time propaganda war that's been going on for a very long time yeah and now i'm going to pr- say how to say merry christmas <laughs> in korean hmm <laughs> Which is Merry Christmas. Seriously. Okay. Merry Christmas. That's how you say it in Korea. See, I just picked the really easy ones, Brian. <laughs> You're the one who just made it hard on yourself. Well, fine. <laughs> let, I'll let you have your day. Um, you know what, folks? I really hope that we've inspired you with this episode. Because even though Christmas may be over for 2014, for 2015, you have an opportunity to take the traditions that we've talked about and maybe work them into your own celebrations for the holidays uh, i'm also really looking forward to 2015 right because we're, we're on the cusp of new year's and i think we definitely want to wish everybody from neuronomy uh everyone from neuronomy wishes everyone a very happy and safe new year to go along with the end of your christmas season as well yep as uh as do i i think that christmas is a great time for for family to get together but it's also a great time to just kind of uh, learn about the other traditions and cultures that are out there. Because as you've learned over these past two episodes, Christmas is not cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah there's a little pun there. Uh, it, it is unique to everywhere that it is in the world. And what a better way to learn about different cultures than to find something that you have in common with them. Like a shared holiday, for example. There you have it. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, and go ahead. Sarah. No, I was just saying, I like to get drunk on Christmas, but... <laughs> and yes. I'm sure that is also a culturally binding you know, uh, similarity. You've, you've learned a lot about Christmas this last year, not just from the world, but also about how Deuteronomy celebrates Christmas. We've learned that Roxy likes to put Fireball in her eggnog. That's such a bad idea. That's such a bad idea. That's such a bad idea. Brandy, however. Yeah. 
There is no right or wrong ingredients for eggnog, by the way. Technically speaking, the English tradition where it came from was whatever would stop the cream from spoiling. But now we've kind of all thought, okay, brandy or rum or whiskey, the darker kind of liquors, not the clear kind of whiskers, but liquors. But you could have you could have all whiskers. <laughs> I have not consumed any alcohol this night. I promise you. Um, but, you know, there's some points where you could have put gin in an eggnog. And it sounds unusual, but it may have worked. It may have just well, been what was around. Well, you know, gin being made from juniper berries, right? It kind of has a weird Christmas tree taste to it. It's kind of awful, but. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not one to judge. So. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because you're sick and cranky. Good that's for you, true. Eric. That's good a good point for you. But yes, happy, safe, wonderful holidays, New Year's, winter season. Be safe, everybody. Have fun. And, uh, and try not to get sick. And only do some slightly stupid things. Nothing too life-threatening. Yes, no. indeed. And uh, as always, keep the feedback coming. We thrive off of our interactions with our listeners. So you may do that by going to our uh, website neuronomy.com or our facebook or twitter accounts so with that we love you guys keep listening tell your friends hugs from nerdonomy and we will see you guys in 2015 and of course until we meet again stay nerdy and tune into our next episode same nerd time same nerd channel nerdonomy.com and happy new year yes indeed Can I go to bed now? Not until you take down the Christmas lights. God damn it!